podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 11 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Miff and Sinky. Celtic finally confirmed on Wednesday morning that Neil Lennon had resigned his position as manager of the club, bringing to an end a professional association of over 20 years. Whether he jumped or whether he was pushed is still open to debate, but what most fans will definitely agree on is that this move was long overdue and one which should now signal the start of the rebuild at Celtic. As one door closes, another opens as they say, and this now gives John Kennedy a chance to display his coaching credentials over the remaining games of the season. But should he be given the chance on a more permanent basis? We'll cover all of this and more on today's show. Miff, I'll come to you first of all. How are you feeling full on this week in Celtic? Oh, do you know, oh, Sinky, how am I feeling? Not really any different. I don't think I'm glad that I'm glad that Lennon's went because I think it had to happen. I think it had to happen to galvanise the support and also probably galvanise the squad as well. The general consensus was the players, or certainly a number of the players, weren't exactly on board with what Lennon was doing and that was shown in the performances that we've seen this season. The game itself, the Aberdeen game, was fairly underwhelming and was a continuation of the type of performance that we've seen this season. So I think it's just the start of the new dawn, the fact that Lennon's not there. It now allows the fans to be excited and be optimistic and look forward because there was an awful lot of chatter and even Lennon had said himself about you know preparing for next season and the build coming for next season. I don't, I don't think any fans would have, would have been able to stomach that. Certainly the vast majority wouldn't have and that would have had an impact on season two. So... We're back to that silly season now where we get linked to various different managers and we get various different theories. Big Pistol Pete's on his way out. He'll be spending his spare time in the Gant outlet in Livingston. And then we've got Kennedy in, obviously just treading water until such times as the new manager comes through the door. So it's hard to think that we're going to get a lot of cohesion between now and the end of the season. But let's enjoy the speculation. That's why we're here, isn't it? We, you know, <laughs> keeps <laughs> listeners tuned in and then we can... The, the wilder the rumours, the better. Thank you about yourself. So with Neil Lennon gone, do you have reasons for optimism ahead of next year? I do, but I'm very like myth. I'm very underwhelmed at the moment. It is a period of limbo. We've not really started the transitional period yet at all. Like with Kennedy coming in, taking over from Lennon. It was supposed to be a very much a continuation of Lennon's kind of ethos that was shown yesterday against Aberdeen. But yeah, very underwhelmed in terms of, I mean, it was a long time coming in terms of Lennon going. He hung on for dear life for a long time, maybe five months overdue. I would probably. That, that itself was admirable. Aye, <laughs> and I tell you what, I mean, out in front of the camera, fair play to him, and he, t- he talked the talk, but then he had to walk the walk eventually. Yeah. Just, just on that, it's a key question. Do you think he walked the walk, mm. or do you think he got pushed to push? You would have to say that he did resign because, as we said many times before, I think there was about eight or nine sacking offences mm. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why that game was the particular, you know, because we speculated on that as well. Why now? Mm-hmm. It should have been before. So why, so why now? And that's what made me think whoever the target is, was, mm-hmm. or has been, has said that's that's my. Thing. There's a there's a point to that. I mean, the board dug their heels in because of the the fan reaction, big time. I mean, yeah. they 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 were going to make that call. I mean, you'll never we'll never know. There'll be non-disclosure agreements in there somewhere. We'll never know the, the reason if he's jumped or yeah. he walked. I mean, obviously the official lines he's resigned. But for me, 
it was just a case his time, his time was up. Well, we'll probably never know. Yeah, um, it, might, it might be some time before that comes out. I think you and your mates thrown those fences a number of months ago, Sinky. Um, <laughs> that didn't really help the cause at all. But yeah, you know, there's a number of things I think will come out, you know, moving forward mm. this season. And whether it be Neil Lennon or agents or leaks to the press, there'll be different things that, that maybe explain some of the, the things that we've seen. I noticed that a number of ex-players have come out on social media, like a Chris Julian, Frimpong, who's now obviously away. Brown and Kennedy have spoke pre-match yesterday to thank and credit Neil Lennon publicly. Are you lads a bit sized that no more than those kind of four guys I've mentioned? That's all I've seen so far mm-hmm. have come out to, to thank Neil Lennon or okay. wish him all the best? It doesn't really surprise me. I suppose these days players will be getting advised as well. And the, the Lennon brand, so to speak, was fairly toxic by the end. You know, they're kind of guilty association. So players were probably being advised whether to say thanks or not. What I will say about Lennon is, Regardless of what we think of this season, one thing that always comes back for ex-players is that they do respect him and that he is a good man-manager. So I don't have any doubt that he was liked by the players to a degree, but there's a difference between being liked and being credible. Mm. And I, I don't necessarily think certainly the foreign element in the dressing room found him that credible because they probably just relate to him and how he was demanding performances from him. That's purely my opinion. Yeah. That was my biggest fear when he mm. got the job. And last season, I didn't see any evidence to support it. So I thought, oh, we'll be fine. It's just there was a delay. And yeah. it coming through, and I think that's what's happened. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, in this day and age of very carefully managed PR, a lot of the players, you know, will have very warm feelings towards Neil Lennon. But now's probably not the time to come out and say it. You know, whether you know if Ryan Christie comes out with something on social media tomorrow, everyone's all over it. For example, so it's, it's probably not quite the move at this moment in time. And perhaps at the end of the season or beyond, you might find guys being a bit more forthcoming in the praise for Neil Lennon. Um, in terms of you know who's thanked him and who's spoken, obviously in his role for manager, John Kennedy's now spoken a few times to the press. I've been fairly impressed by him actually, and I'll see what you lads think in a minute. I think he's spoken very well in a very kind of calm and measured way. But the question you know does remain: should he actually be here at all, or should he have moved on the the manager? For the time being, he needs to stay. But for me, he's not a front man. And touching on that, I was sceptical that if he does well, right, he'll get kept on. And I think we just need a complete refresh. I understand that Lennon didn't choose that management team. Yeah. Didn't he? Not? He, he never had a say in that. So, you know something, Celtic have been good to John Kennedy. They've kept him there 11 years on the coaching staff. He's mm-hmm. been through Dyla, he's been through Rogers, he was obviously working with Lennon. I think it's time for a change. But he is highly rated, that is the thing. He is a highly rated coach. But the words that came out, obviously, Parkhead and Lennox Town, that he is. A really, really good coach. I think he's very well respected and, and that, that seems to be the case across the board. I also, I think we've got to be careful of, you know, a lot of people have accused Celtic and I think unfairly to John Kennedy of, oh, he's been given a job for life just because of his injury. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Celtic have been very good to him. Mm-hmm. I think Peter Lawwell personally has supported him since that, you know, really bad injury he took a long time ago now. Yeah. You know, whatever that was, 15 years ago, maybe Two, need to check th- on that. No, 2003. Yeah. Right, long, long time ago. So Celtic have been good to him, but also you don't progress through the ranks. You know, initially he was a scout, I think, along with John Park, and then he get bumped up alongside Ronnie Dyla, Rogers, Lennon, and now in his own right. You don't get that out of sympathy. I think Celtic have made some poor decisions, and I think they've also made some decisions on emotion this year. For example, allowing Neil Lennon the cup final and and his own treble. But I don't believe uh, John Kennedy has been there this long just because he's a nice guy and he got a bad injury. No, I would agree with that. There's obviously something there, and I think the way that players that have left have spoken about him, I think Kieran Tierney in particular said mm. he was the best coach he'd worked on. That was interesting. So there's clearly a lot of respect for him for the players that he's worked with, which is telling. For me, he is the right man to be there at the moment because I think he's the only man. And he's seen how it's been done by different players. You know, my biggest tip to MD, if you've been there about through the Rodgers, you didn't see the way the players responded to it. And if you saw the individual improvement in players, then why would you not just try your best to replicate that even in the short term? Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then somebody comes in and rips it up and starts again in the summer, then then fine, so be it. Or if Kennedy stays there, there's a continuation of sorts. But whatever was happening this season, players just were not responding to it. Results, yes, but performances, I, I keep on saying it. The level, I, I can see a game with my own eyes. You can have 20 shots in target, but 15 of them might be sitting in row Z. You know, you can have 70% possession, but you might not be creating clear-cut chances. And to my eyes, we just haven't been moving the ball quickly enough. We've not been creating enough clear-cut chances, and it's just not been very good to watch. So that tells you the players, for whatever reason, aren't responding to the coaching methods, and, and that's why Lennon had to go. And it, it gives me absolutely no pleasure to say that. It gives me no pleasure. I didn't want him there in the first place, but I accepted him. He then proved me wrong last season because we, we were excellent at times last season. But then we started to falter and Rangers shot themselves in the foot. Let's be honest, they, they shot themselves in the foot big time, um, which took the pressure off us. So the warning signs were there. I did think in the summer we had recruited well. You know, how we've ended up with eight games to go to be so far behind and with John Kennedy now in interim charge. Who could have thought? For, for Kennedy's sake, I hope he gives it a good go. I hope he tries to put his own stamp on it because... Through the years of service that he's given Celtic, you see Celtic have been good to him, but you know, I think Rogers did want to take him down south. Am I right in saying that? I, I believe so. That. Yeah, that was the, that was the, the general the general consensus at the time. So he stayed, and I hope that he, you know, I hope that he does well. But like Sinky says, I think come the summer time, I would imagine his time at Celtic will be up purely because any manager worth their salt has got to come in and want their own team. I, I would expect that, and I think there's a strong argument as to why there should be a full clear out given the you know. Being frank, the failures of this season and there very probably should be a root and branch clear out. All I would say, just to counter that, is that John Kennedy, as player and now as coach, he's experienced a lot of very good managers around. So obviously, Martin O'Neill was you know, the manager when he was coming through. I think he'll have been there at some point under Gordon Strachan, albeit he was struggling to come back from his injury at that yeah. time. Uh, I think, did Strachan bring him back in for the, 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 when we won the league against Kilmarnock? I think he quite notably played John Kennedy in a game towards the end of the season, I think. And he's obviously, you know, you can't not learn from guys like Brendan Rodgers and even Ronnie Dyla, the much maligned Ronnie Dyla, brought some good things in some European, you know, methods and ways. And Neil Lennon's obviously got a lot to offer in different ways, albeit we've not seen much of that this year. So there's no doubt John Kennedy has got a, a mine or a wealth of knowledge. And it might be a shame to lose that from the club. And whether there's another role within the new setup, I suppose this is all speculation and it remains to be seen. But it's an interesting one either way. You can see arguments for and against that with John Kennedy. In terms of, obviously yesterday was the first time he got to step out on his own, you know, and take full charge of the team. Did you see anything from yesterday's game to, to make you think there's maybe something there? Do you know what? It was very much a continuation of the Lennon era. It's obviously it's just just finished, but it's still obviously numb. But it was Biff touched on it last week in one of the one of the um, shows, and he said about the rebuild. I looked at that team yesterday, and the only two players, and I'm I'm, I'm going to take consideration people on form and off form. The only two players that are in in that side that I would keep based on form is probably Turnbull and Ayer. Christie's went right off the boil. Edward, when he can be bothered. It'd be interesting to find out who actually were the players that wanted to leave during the summer and we've kept um, them there. It's been a surprise me as that's the ones that are not coming out, what you've just said to you. are not yeah. coming out and, and supporting the manager because any harm in addressing them, if you want to leave your work, you're not enjoying your job, it really it would affect your performance every yeah. Saturday, every Wednesday, all that kind of stuff. It's just no... Do you, nah. do you know something as well, just in a more broader point, and, you know, we can we can probably go into this, but I think this season is the absolute case study for if you sell players the dream mm. of coming to Celtic to move on, you absolutely cannot yeah. keep them against their will. Yeah, you can't. You really can't. If they turn around and say, you, I want to go, I mean, you can chuck an extra 10 grand a week at them if you want, 
it's not really got to make any difference, is it? Yeah. it isn't, you know, if you sell them the dream and they've got a move lined up, and I suppose that makes us a bit of a hostage to fortune in the future because we could go out and we can unearth another Edward and another pre this season in Cham because, mm. you know, there was obviously a player there before yeah. he, he kind of took the half. And you unearth those guys, they've half decent six months, mm-hmm. probably got to be away the next summer. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the shame of that is that there's a very genuine model which works at Celtic, and we have seen it. So, Mr. Dembele being a great example. And it is a good pitch to any potential players yep. and yep. their agents because you can say, here's the pathway. We'll compete in Europe, you know, whether it be Champions League or Europa League. And manager as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Very much into the thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Brendan Rodgers has shown there's a pathway back to the, the top half of the Premiership at least. And, you know, and that's the thing. So just say, theoretically, on managers, if uh, Martinez is the target, he would generally be thinking, if I leave Belgium, I want to get back at the Premiership. But if that job isn't available right now, why not come and do something at Celtic, get some potentially Champions League football under your belt, certainly Europa League, and then when the whatever job comes up, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool, these big roles, that might be interesting. But yeah, the, the same for young footballers, whether it be footballers who are at teams like PSG just now and guys who are 18, 19 coming through and they're never going to get a chance at those clubs, Man City, wherever. Yeah, there's the dream. Come and play in Scotland for two, two and a half seasons. If you're excelling and clubs come in and they meet a certain price threshold, then you'll go with everyone's best wishes. And, and on that point, you know, if in Chams at Marseille, Frimpong's at Leverkusen, Dembele's now at Atletico Madrid but was at Lyon, mm-hmm. the process is working. That shows that it's working. You know, they, they wouldn't have got those moves directly. Yeah. They've came, they've showcased their talents and they've got yeah. their move and no doubt up their right. money as well. So it's but, there, yeah. it works. But for us, you know, certainly me, Two young boys can't really get them getting attached to any player because they're away. They're away in eighteen months. Yeah. You know, by the uh, time you've got the Joe. number in the back and the name in the back, it's like somebody yeah. else's. Ah, uh, just just get the number. Don't get the name on it. Just cover, also, cover all bases. I also hope these young footballers and their agents don't say that's all very well and good. But I've looked at Stefan Shepovich's record <laughs> and bios and Schwed and they, they're, that's they're, what I was going to say. They're uh, not turning up to the the Premier League yeah. or whatever. But yeah, there's definitely the onus is on the player. If you come and apply yourself and believe in yourself as a talent and do well, there is a route to to, to fame and fortune elsewhere beyond Celtic. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see, you know, if Celtic start to sell that dream to managers and players moving forward. Just to stay quickly, or shortly, sorry, on um, John Kennedy yesterday, though, mm-hmm. at Aberdeen. So yeah, I agree. I don't think there was much change from what we've seen from Neil Lennon's side in, in previous months. However, it's also maybe a bit ambitious to expect that, given that he only took over really on Thursday. Announcement was made on Wednesday, I think. And I think, and it'll be very interesting to see over the next, we've got Dundee United yeah. on, on Sunday coming, the Rangers game a couple of weeks later, and then the split. I do believe, and, and I'll put my neck on the line, because I'm so brave and bold <laughs> on this one, but I do think that we'll see a, a move closer to Brendan Rodgers 4 2 three, one. I think doing it yesterday would have been too big a statement. Mm-hmm. There were certain tweaks and adjustments, and I think the, the Clamalla thing, even in itself, for different reasons, is a fairly bold move. You know, it's, it's a move that Lennon hadn't been making, and all of a sudden, John Kennedy saw fit to say, well, listen, this is what I believe in, and this is why I've paired these two guys up front together. Well, I actually thought, I know Sinky said that he felt it was much more of the same in, in, in general. Yeah. I did. But after we scored, I thought we were a wee bit more fluent in the first half. I thought the better stuff was much better than it had been. You know, the, the stuff we'd been doing well, we seemed to do better, if that makes sense. I might not be making sense, but it just <laughs> won't tell me if I'm not. But it, what, that wee bit more, the tempo was that wee bit quicker. There was a few more one-touch passes and movement in and off. Even even for the goal, that ball that Christy fires into Edward's feet, it's, it's a kind of... You know, Edwards kind of went to go and then stepped off. Just that, that type of movement that seemed to be a wee bit more free flowing at times. But as we have done this season, missed big chances. And then, you know, Ash Taylor I know. with that long throw. I mean, jeez, man. <laughs> Imagine being an Aberdeen fan. 
Jeez, the, the muck that you are getting served up. <laughs> no wonder, man. You know, that, that is it. Big Ash Taylor just launching the boss in. It's not that. He puts him that high in the air that he's then running his cell into the boats to try and go in the end. You know, it's, oh, jeez. Yeah. It's, it's some it's some part. But you're leaving yourself open to, you know, teams this season, quite rightly, may I state, no, get the ball in the mixer and you've got a chance of scoring. It's, it's that simple. Mm. And I think it, yesterday you'd mentioned about players that could stay or, or yep. go or that, Sinky. But to me, remarkably, it's really all about Christopher Ayer now and and if we want to build a, a forward thinking progressive team I think him and Welsh Aye. being the partnership yep. would be a huge huge factor yeah. so if you're obviously a professional a consummate pro always reading your notes because Chris Ayer is the next uh, point on the agenda thanks, thanks I'm, <laughs> I'm really starting to it's have a stride now I'm getting, I'm getting in my flow getting in my flow <laughs> so on that note yep Chris Ayer man of the match again yesterday he's picked up you know a few bottles of champagne this season he was man of the match I believe the last game against Aberdeen 10-11 days ago as well how much should Celtic really push the boy out for him? I think he's got, come the summer, 12 months left on his deal. Well, again, do we just want to perennially be a club that brings in young players and sells them on for a profit? It would be nice if every now and then we kept a few to build teams round. You know, there has there has to be a balance in it. And for me, Ayer is someone who, because he's been at the club since he's been so young, I know he was brought in by Bidaila, yeah. um, and He's been at the club since he's been so young that you'd imagine there's a level of affinity there. That's where you need to sound him out and say, look, do, do you want to go? Because if you don't, we will pay you big money to stay and build, build the team around you. Now, only last season, I think when we conceded the goal against the Rangers, the Katic goal, Ayer took a lot of stick for that, took a lot of stick for playing at centre-half. But when the chips have really been down this season and, and, and you've been wanting somebody to put their hand up and really, you know, really show that they care and show a bit of passion and determination I think you don't need to look any further than Christopher Ayer so for me he's shown that he's got the right attributes and I also think he's a, a cracking player as he's well but he's got he's got he's got the right stuff about him to, to stay and, and build a team around about him he's come on absolutely leaps and bounds I mean that they mentioned that goal last year I mean he was very like diving in all the time and jumping into challenges sometimes the, the ball's not even there to be won most of the time he was jumping in, but now he's, that he's, he's cut out of his game completely he's running it running it with the ball for the back I mean it's a modern centre half's attribute he's, he yeah. can do that right right back as well he's he is I must say he's, he's a he's a great player and I'm just worried if we lose him and Edward right I, I just can't see them staying beyond next season and yeah. I would love them to stay but back to the model we're a, we're a selling club we need we need we always sell someone to balance the books and mm. usually it's because we don't make it through to the Champions League or whatever it is but I can see I mean I'd love him to stay because he has he had this season he has been and all, and all the kind of People have obviously been down about Celtic. He's been one of the shining lights to actually come through. He has. And I think, you know, between him and David Turnbull, those yeah. two lads will be vying sure. for Player of the Year. I think as well, you know, Ayer's not been without his criticism and stick. Over the, the I think he's been here five years. I think it was his five-year anniversary uh, a few weeks ago. Been here for five years, but we forget, or it's easy to forget, he's a man mountain. He's only 22 years of age. Tell me a player that doesn't make mistakes at 18, 19, 20. That, that's just, that's the thing though, when you're, when you're putting the, the white hot heater right. playing for Celtic yeah. and the, Every single element of your game gets constantly looked at. You know, I, I'm guilty of myself. You know, sit there and you're off oh, but, but you know, it's it's the nature of the beast. But like you say, when you take a step back and you look at, you say, right, we brought him through. By all accounts, his loan spell at Kilmarnock mm -hmm. wasn't making of him because yeah. he went out there and he yeah. played regularly. And I think maybe within the squad, I think he likes a Mikey Johnson, Kamala, the two players that I would like to see if they're not going to feature. I would like to see them go out and play regular games just to get them up to speed so that, you know, maybe even for the second half of next season, 
they're going to come back and, and be at it because I, I think in both of them, there's there, there's something there. Yeah. I know Kamala, Kamala divides opinion, <laughs> I get that, um, but I think there's something there. But with regards to Aya, he, to me, he's an absolute must-keep. I'd, lo- I'd love Edward to stay, mm-hmm. but by all accounts, it would seem to me that Edward has been uh, There's going to be teams sniffing around Aya pretty, pretty soon. Liverpool, I think they were interested. AC Milan were massively interested. Obviously, mm-hmm. we got them in the Europa stuff. They were really interested. So I can see teams starting to kind of hover around. And He was really good against them as well. Uh, and, and, to prove and a point, a few, a few fans were a bit because he thought he stepped, he stepped up, up a game. for that game. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say that I think there's no doubt that Edward will be away and I think we're going to see seven more appearances by Odson Edward and Elbowski. I think Ayer's interesting because he clearly likes Glasgow life. Mm-hmm. As I say, five years here, he's maybe quite settled here. I don't know his family situation. And if there's any inkling that he might be inclined to stay if the deal is right, then we've got to sound him out and at very least ask the question. If he were to stay, um, is he captain material? Absolutely. Would you be keen to see him as a skipper next year? Yes, I would. Yep. Yep. Over Callum McGregor? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. I think the stories go that he, he captained his team back in Norway at the age of 16. Aye, 17, 18. FK right. start, I think he came from, to captain, a, a t- to, to come into a team at that young age and to captain. It's pretty impressive stuff. So he's clearly got those uh, credentials around him. So it would be uh, interesting to see what Celtic can do with him in the mm. summer. Just obviously I've mentioned Callum McGregor there. Um, he's another guy that we've spoken about recently. And I think he's he's really struggling a bit, Sinky. What's yep. your take on that in terms of yesterday and you know further back? He does mean he needs a rest. Um it's the stats he's one of the most playing he's the most played the most minutes in across world football, never mind European football. <laughs> so I mean as he, he looks like lusty, he looks tired. He's been carrying the team for a long time and that that central mid um, he said nobody in about him. Obviously, Brown's been in out of the team. Um, McGregor's been your kind of stalwart for this season and, and previous seasons. I mean, yeah. un- under Rodgers, he came on. Like, Rodgers made him an absolute fantastic yeah. player. And you just see him going back to what he was pre-Rodgers a little bit. I, yeah. You can see that coming out on him. Yeah. But uh, for me, he's, he just needs a couple of games out and then he can back in. Yeah, I think also, to be fair, and we've spoken previously about the fact that he's not playing a central role just now. Yeah. He's playing left of a diamond, which he possibly has never played his whole career. So we're asking to do one thing at the start of the season, then, you know, during a run where the team's not playing well, slotting at this other role. It's tough to do. And again, a bit, a bit like um, with Christie as well, the willingness is clearly there yeah. on both McGregor and Christie's part. That They've shown that, they, you know, they're trying, they're, they're putting the maximum amount of effort in. It's just it's just not working or it's not cutting for them. And I just worry about McGregor because what you don't want is you don't want him thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's it, my time's up, it's run a bit stale. Again, McGregor would be, in my opinion, very much key to any sort of rebuild. Somebody that's been there, done it, has the winning mentality, um, you know, would probably still be vice captain if you, mm-hmm. even if you put I as captain. So, you know, McGregor for, for me would be somebody you'd be you'd be keeping at all costs. And I think we just need we need to keep him fresh, fresh not only in body but also in mind as well, because yeah. he looks he looks really drained by the whole situation. Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point, Sinky, it's understandable at this moment to say, do you know what, based on what's going on performance wise, maybe Turnbull and I are the, are the only two guys yeah. you would keep. And it's fair to see why you would say that, but actually when you take a step back and look at the fact that McGregor's a real talent. Mm. Brian Christie's a real talent. Yep. You know, there's various others. Greg Taylor has proven himself capable. Mm. Chris Julian, when fit and on form, is also a talent. So there's guys around there that, yeah, you know, there's a few guys that should be moving on this year, either for big bucks or just to, mm. to balance the squad and move them on for their own sake. But there's also a core of players who have been around the club for some time. They've been winners. You know, they've won trebles and otherwise. Mm. And, you know, beyond just Iron Turnbull, there is real talent there. 
And the hope is that the right coach, whoever yeah. that may be, will come in uh, and find that talent. So, so to move on to that, obviously the, the chat and the, the term being banded around just now is the rebuild and how that's going to look. So Neil Lennon has now moved on. Peter Lawwell steps down as CEO at the end of June. And I believe Don McKay starts at the start of July. So that in general should give reasons for optimism as we look forward to you know, a new Celtic in the modern era. The suggestion, and has been the case for a long time, is that the club will bring in a, a director of football with a, a head coach underneath. Been following a, a few things online about that. Um, Stephen McGowan of the Daily Mail and Anthony Joseph on Sky Sports seem to be the guys in the know, so they've often get the, the kind of breaking news. So Stephen McGowan, I think last week, confirmed that Celtic have paired up with a group called Nolan Partners, um, who are sport exec recruitment specialists. And they've assigned them to go and find out the who the next director of football football should be. Some of the names doing the rounds, and we've heard a few of them before. Fergal Harkin at Man City keeps coming up. Matteo Tognozzi, uh, Juventus. And David Webb, I think, who worked with Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, has also come up. Do you have any thoughts on any of these guys and, and if this is definitely the model that we should be looking at? No no thoughts on the on the individuals in particular other than the um, David Webb for Bournemouth. I'd, I'd be very wary of that given that they spanked a hell of a lot of money on Liverpool reserves that, that didn't really mm. work out. You know, it was it was an astronomical amount of money mm-hmm. that they spent on that. So, you know, it didn't seem very, very original to me. Um, but I'm maybe being a bit harsh there because of the, the progression that Bournemouth made o- over a period of time was, was excellent. But when, when they got to the lofty heights and, and the level that you would yeah. hope yeah. that we are current I would say that we are currently operating at, um they were they were wasteful with the money the reserves yeah. that they had. Now you could argue that we are currently wasteful with the money that we've got, but that, that's we're probably going to come on to that further mm-hmm. further down the line. Um is it the structure we should be taking? I, I feel yes, because it does feel like everything just kinda gets completely Demolished and then and then built again. And when somebody comes in, the exception being Lennon, because Lennon got the job and was given his own backroom team. But even then, you know, Lennon always felt like he was, he was only really here, even if wishful thinking. But even if we had done ten in a row, yeah, I wouldn't have imagined Lennon would have been entrusted with the job even after that either. I think he mm-hmm. was basically put in there as the, the safe pair of hands, so to speak. Yeah, that was that. going to see us see us over the line. So. I think, yeah, we, we need to modernise. And I think Lawwell's departure brings a natural end to that, the, the way that the club's been run over the past 17 years, where he's obviously been a bit more involved in, in things than the CEO would normally be. But we need partnerships that are going to work together for the best of the club and see that the money that we invest in players is spent wisely rather than sporadically and on you know, various projects in the hope that you're going to triple your money in 18 yeah. months' time. Yeah. Sanky, would you be quite keen on that approach, the director of football with a head coach underneath him? I would. I mean, that's, it's been, I think it's been a continental approach for a, a long time in most of the big clubs, Barca, PSG, etc. have all got these kind of director of footballs and that head coach role. I mean, for me, I was never a big fan of it previously. I, I like to have one man, you just said, Matthew, like, you know what, you kind of have that push and pull between the kind of, the middle man between the kind of director level. And Celtic have never, never had that. It's been a kind of one man and his, and his dog. It always fell on the, I think Rogers was one of the managers who wanted complete control. He wanted to run everything from the top to the bottom. But yeah, I mean, for me, it'd be worth a shot. I mean, going back to like about a few years ago, what, what was Jock Brown? Was he? Some, yeah, like, that was interesting right. because that was Celtic's first attempt at that. Yeah. But they got it all wrong yeah. and, they, and they ripped up the model yeah. basically because Brown and Wim Janssen famously right. didn't get on, which is no good reason to rip up the model. Just mm-hmm. get two different personalities in yeah. and, and try again. So was I thought it was about David Heno involved in that as well. David, he was seen on more to do with recruitment. Yeah, he was around at that time. Yeah. So I, I think it was bizarre because structure wise mm-hmm. just because two personalities haven't gone 
doesn't mean you shouldn't go with the model. And that was, what, 1998? So it's taken us, I don't know, 22, three years to, to try that again. <laughs> so we'll try it again in 2042. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good approach as well. A lot of folk, obviously, are thinking if David Webb comes in, well, that's us getting Eddie Howe. Mm. Or if Fergal Harkin comes in, the chap at Man City under-23's Enzo Maresca. Yeah. There's a guy that I hadn't heard of till this week. There's all sorts. Of, I think half the names are made up just for a laugh. William Hill's thrown a few <laughs> Italian and French names out there just to get a few quid uh, on the bets. But there's loads of names. And as, as you said, Miff, at the start of the silly season just now, this will uh, be the case from now until whenever oh, yeah, they make an appointment. What I think could be interesting in the same, <clears throat> excuse me, the same way that when Rodgers was appointed, for example, the names weren't flying around mm-hmm. and it was just announced you know Rogers is happening and and that's always better for a fan because we're sick to death of hearing the same names the Benitez and the Clarks and all that kind of stuff I'd love if Celtic just made a statement appointment and give us some really yeah. good news in the, the weeks to come do you think this appointment will be made before the the end of the season either the director of football and or the coaching role I would hope so mm. just because that would indicate that we are actually planning for next season mm. uh, the longer we leave it the bigger the task in my opinion yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult as well with Dominic Mackay not starting his new role till the 1st of July now I've no doubt he'll be in contact with the club on various matters and I wonder how involved he can be because surely it's pivotal that he's involved in some way at least with the director of football role you know if football operations I believe that although he's Scottish Rugby Union at the moment I believe he's more market and promotion operational as opposed to being anywhere near the, the rugby yeah. side of things which is how it should be and it's how it should have been at Celtic in terms of Peter Lowell. He should deal with business and football guys should deal with football. And hopefully moving forward, that'll be the case. But I'd like to think that Dominic Mackay will certainly be heavily involved in saying, this is the director of football and he's now got carte blanche to name who the, the head coach would be. Do you think that's what we'll see from the new model? Is that what you're hoping for? I'm hoping, like, I, I don't want Pedro to have any say on the on the next gaff and then the any exits the building and we're, yeah. le- we're left with legacy issues. Um, pretty much with the Lennon situation. But for me, like this this next appointment, is actually like one of the biggest in years yeah. because we're at a serious turning point of the road here where you mentioned players leaving and stuff like that and getting the fans regalvanized, reconnected with the with the team and stuff like that. Yeah. This this next appointment is season tickets. You could you could go on. It's so so important to bring in the right person, and I would expect the new the new cat to come in and have a say in the recruitment at least because I, I believe if you bring a director of football in, they'll have a say in the recruitment of the head coach. Yeah, I think they should have a say in recruitment across the board. So the director of football should look after player mm-hmm. recruitment and yeah. he should certainly be pivotal in who the head coach should be. And I think that's the thinking. So there's a bit of continuity there. If the director of football is a guy who you generally don't hire and fire these guys on a whim based on a few bad performances, they should remain the constant. And if your head coach, Eddie Howe, Steve Clark, whoever, moves on after a couple of years, either after being a success or failing, you then slot in a new head coach and you don't rip up the whole football department time after time. So I think that's important and I think it'll be, I mean, I, I was going to ask you lads a question, you know, what's what appointment should come first? Should we appoint a head coach now and then a director of football in the summer? My thinking is the director of football role surely should come first yeah. and give him say on who the coach should be. I, I would agree with that. The, the important thing is, like you mentioned in the past, these roles kind of fall down where there's friction. Mm or the, the individuals involved don't build a rapport and, 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 and get on. They have different views, different values, whatever it might be. So I think it's key, whoever comes first, whether it be head coach or whether it be the, the sporting director, director of football, that it has to be known who's going to be in each of the positions so that it can be discovered if they're happy to work with each other. Um, because 
you know, for sounding out two for that position, two for the other position, then surely you need to you need to make all parties aware of who's being considered because yeah. if there's going to be an issue there, that has to be the first thing that gets flagged. Mm-hmm. There's no point in just going and taking the job and then we end up back in a situation like there was with Wim Janssen mm-hmm. and Jock Brown where after one season it's all everything's getting chucked away again. Like Sinky says, this is this is vital. Mm-hmm. It's going to build the foundations yeah. of, of Celtic moving forward mm-hmm. in a new era with Dominic Mackay coming in as well. So it's really, really important. And like you said, with Mackay not being hands-on at the SRU, you can only assume he's going to adopt a similar role when it comes to Celtic and say he can look after finances of the party. You know, I think he took over um, Scott, in Scottish Rugby Union, um, turning over you know, maybe £20 million, making a £5 million loss. He's increased the turnover and he's put them into profit. So... Mm-hmm. He's got a track record there within sport and finance. He's putting businesses on the on the right foot. That's a critical appointment for him, the sporting director, because that means that he is going to entrust them fully with yeah. the football side of things. He isn't go- going to be dabbling. You're not going to look in the training ground and there's three gri- guys brought in for the Slovak League <laughs> for, for for a million pound each and they're on, on ten grand a week. It's that that's no hopefully that's not going to be happening. So I just think that's key. That makes it even more important because Mackay isn't going to be delving into the football side of things. He's going to entrust that person to go and run that, mm-hmm. run the football department. And that's music to the fans' mm-hmm. ears because of what we've suffered for. Transfers getting kiboshed because we didn't like the opposing chairman or, you know, we wanted to save a, a wee five grand a week. Those days will hopefully be gone. It'll yeah. be a case of there's your targets, there's your budget, go and make it happen. But I think you're right. I, I totally agree with both you lads there in terms of how important this decision is for modern Celtic. You know, Peter Lovell's been there for whatever it is, 17, 18 years and has a certain way of working alongside Dermot Desmond. And I think hopefully we're now going to see, you know, some serious change. As I said, there's so many key decisions to be made. So hopefully Dominic McKay's the right appointment and, and early signals and early reports are, are very positive. Then the director of football is so crucial and likewise the head coach. And all of these guys, all of these stakeholders, Dominic Mackay, head coach, director of football, they themselves will all want to know who's the other guy going to be. You know, if I'm going to yeah. be director of football, yeah. I'll say, well, okay, I'm interested in that role, but what calibre of manager are you going for? Because, I, you know, I don't want to leave my role at Juventus, for example, and you're targeting the Preston manager or something like that. Are you ambitious? Are you meeting my ambition? And can I do my role well? Because I could come in as a director of football, be the best director of football in world football, but if you're giving me a very average manager or very average players, you're not going to succeed. So I think, you know, there's a, I suppose there's a whole chicken and egg thing going on, but each of these key stakeholders and key appointments will all want to know what level of ambition the club are showing and, and who's going to be around. So very, very interesting times ahead. We also know, of course, beyond the, the boardroom appointments and the, you know, the changing of coaches and managers, there's going to be huge upheaval in terms of the playing squad. And, you know, we've already touched on the fact that we think there's certain key players that will definitely be off. So all in all, it just makes for a, a really, you know, really kind of pivotal summer and, it, and it'll be an interesting time. Do you think that, we've, you know, we've obviously been kind of stung in the past by some of these decisions that have been made. Do you think that we're going to make the right calls? Are you optimistic that Celtic are now looking further ahead and that they'll make these, you know, right decisions for us? Um, it's hard to be. Well, I'm optimistic because we don't know who it is yet, so you're assuming it's going to be the best case scenario. But having faith in Celtic after this season's quite quite hard, and, and what I mean by that is we, we shouldn't forget, you know, we won 12 trophies in a row. Mm-hmm. This season's been a disaster, so it's not like everything that's went before has been an absolute nightmare. It, mm. it, it's still it's still delivered. Um, but the, the problem you've got now is is that it's fell, fell apart so spectacularly that everybody's a wee bit damaged by that, you know, the the, the relationship between the f- the fans and players and the fans and the board uh, has, has suffered greatly. I think the way in which both parties 
elements of both parties have handled that at times has left a lot to be desired but the, the fact remains that we're now in a position where I'm sitting as a fan I reiterate this because I've said it many times before all I want to do is see Celtic win games of football mm. and if they can play quite well well they're doing it and for the past up until this year but for the, the four years previous to that I had really really enjoyed watching Celtic do that so it's it's now at the stage where Mackay coming in seems to me like a really good appointment I'm optimistic about that based on his background so I feel quite comfortable with that. You obviously don't know until you go, but in terms of a like for like for Lowell, Lowell off the park was a huge success for Celtic, a huge success. You remember he regenerated, you know, all round about um, Celtic Park. It's now, it's now a pleasant match day experience if you're taking your kids there, which it wasn't always before. Yeah. If you ever got off the train at Dunmanock and had to go up through the industrial estate, <laughs> telling you what, man, you did, you did manage to improve your personal best every time you had to get through there. But it's, you know, th- there's lots of things about Celtic that, that Lowell's made better mm. so you, you have to acknowledge that but Mackay coming in it, seem, it seems like a good fit as for the director of football who knows what credentials you should have for that mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to say everybody's got their own opinions on it you know I've seen lots of the, the analytics and the trends mm-hmm. boys talk about that and, and I enjoy enjoy reading about it because I don't really have too much a, too much a clue about it but you would just you would just hope they're going to take their time and make sure, as both me and Sinky and yourself, Tino, have said, make sure the rapport's right, make sure that it's going to be a team ethos and a team a team culture from both of them, rather mm-hmm. than it being, this is my department, that's your department, and then, you know, signings are trying to get done the last day of the window. Yeah. It just, yep. that's, that is the, the nightmare scenario. Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely key that there's a real genuine chemistry between these, these two key football appointments in terms of, uh, director of football and head coach. Well, I was on here. The, the, the rapport is clear to see, or clear to hear yeah. for all. Yeah. Ah, yeah. There's no doubt I would, about that. I would that so. This guy's want to come in, he's want to make a statement. So um, I've got high hopes Aye. of bringing in the right. He, he want to come in, he'll be like, I'm, I'm appointing so this, yeah. this person. Because everyone's reputation's on the line. Yep. Dominic Mackay's not going to leave a, you know, the key role that he's been in at the SRU. Mm. He then come in here without certain reassurances in terms of the direction the club's heading in because he knows that this is, I think he's a fairly young guy, early 40s. It's a key role for him in terms of his CV. And if he's not been given the the backing to be a success, then then he wouldn't be here. All going well, so that points in the right direction, I suppose as well. This would certainly, you know, just talking this through would, would indicate that John Kennedy wouldn't be part of that uh, moving forward. I'll ask you, Sinky, as a season ticket holder, would you renew if John Kennedy was a manager? Mm, no, 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 definitely. Would you have renewed if Lenny was a manager? <laughs> absolutely, Abs- not. absolutely not. I'd be. This is. I'm going back to what we said. We we need someone in the to sell, to put bums in seats and yeah. get the season tickets because the fans are completely, it's been an absolute disaster this season. Like, I'm just glad it's a virtual season ticket I don't actually have to go through Domamuk to go to the games. Um, <laughs> yeah, watching the house is bad enough instead yeah. of actually got to get into Parkhead and watch it. You just need to get through your kitchen into your living room. Uh, right? Exactly, I can, I can turn that off and turn it back on again. But uh, it's, it is, it's just... This, T- turnstiles uh, in the LRT would have done a, a rear trade, wouldn't they? Uh, <laughs> Half time. Jeez, exactly. oh man. Um, but I think... I think there are reasons, you know, to, to get excited. And I think as you're, you're right in what you're saying, thinking and what you're leaning towards in terms of the new appointment or appointments, plural, should be exciting ones and should be ones to galvanise the, the team. I think Dermot Desmond, who's, who's, you know, a guy of his, he's absolutely got ego. And, and you know, maybe he's right to, to have such an ego because, you know, very, very wealthy guy, made big decisions in business and he will not want to get this wrong. There, there, you know, he, he'll have been... I mean, there's loads of criticism that comes his way, and rightfully so. But he'll have been stung by that criticism, and it'll it'll maybe make him think twice about the you know the decisions he makes and, and how much he spends or how much he allows guys like Don Mackay to spend. So all going well, you know, he should point towards some exciting appointments. And if Celtic need to pay a few quid to get the right the right director of football or the right coach in, 
then that would be the right move to make. So but obviously we can speculate from, from yeah. here to whenever, but it'll be very exciting and interesting to hear when those app- appointments are made, whether they're called now or before the end of the season. Just as we start to, to wrap things up, we will look ahead slightly to the to the games on the horizon. So we've got Dundee United away at Tannadice next Sunday, 12 o'clock kickoff. It's another chance for John Kennedy to put his stamp on the team. Do we expect to see many changes again, similar to yesterday, or do you think he would start to move maybe closer to a, a Brendan Rodgers formation, for example? For me, he's going to have, obviously, Lennon left midweek. So he's going to have a, a, a week and a half. Now, after that, Aberdeen get to put his kind of own stamp on it to work in shape and formations. Mm-hmm. So you might see, I mean, what you said, Tino's right. I mean, you might get back to that Brendan Rodgers formation uh, and try a couple of different things. I mean, the, the Kamala call with Edward was, it was, it was just a slight tweak. I mean, he, fa- he fancied the two up top. So uh, for me, I can't see m- many changes, uh, if he makes any at all. For me, he can... Is he going to put his stamp on it or is he just going to get us, get us through the season? I don't, I, I don't know if he's going to try and put himself out there. Myself and Miff spoke on this in one of the previous shows. I think he's got to put his stamp on it so. because he wants to show that he's a manager in his own right. So why should he just steady the ship and, and continue with the Neil Lennon model? He wants to show there's a John Kennedy model there somewhere mm. that whether Celtic choose to take it on or another club take a chance on him. I think, you know, he's now got seven games mm. to prove that and I think we will see some notable changes. Yeah, sometimes you're, you're just keeping a, a seat warm for someone. You're mm. just kind of waiting to the level. That's to... what you're doing this week, aren't you? Ah, exactly. Last minute, <laughs> last minute sub. Um, <laughs> I, for me, I, I'd want to see him kind of put his stamp on it, but I don't know if he's just going to go through the motions, keep the seat warm because you know somebody else is coming in is he going to be there next year? I'm hoping he does have a have a have an impact. I mean, the guy, the, as I said, the players have been high regard. Did they buy into him as a as a gaffer and a, as a front man? I don't I don't know. But yeah, I mean, what, what, there's no there's no harm in mixing it up. I suppose. I mean, it can't can't go much. Could go any worse. Can't can go any worse. So why yeah. not? What do you see, Miff, from John Kennedy the last seven games now? I, I think there'll be there'll be changes. Like like you say, he probably was weary, just rocking the boat mm-hmm. too much after only having a few days with the players and, and kept a formation that they'd been playing for uh, a number of weeks. But I would assume, like you, he would move closer to four, the four two three one. Mm-hmm. Even with the, the personnel that's available, you could probably have Elianusi, Christie, Johnson. Apparently, Forrest was was back training, but he's, he's not really been he's heard. heard disappeared again. Yeah. Even I'm even thinking somebody like Ewan Henderson that could could probably play out there and, and, and kind of come and say that I think when he played in the first team under Rogers, he'd started mm. a few games out, out there as well. So I think the personnel was there to do it. Whether or not he's he's kind of bold enough to change it so quickly, I, I don't know. But to be honest, I think that's something that the fans would probably respond to if, mm. if he came in and, and, and tried to change it up a bit. Yeah. What I think's interesting for him and, and you pointed out, Sinky, is he's now got time on the training field. Mm-hmm. John Kennedy seems to be a very hands-on coach and very much a guy who worked closely with the players. So he's now got the week ahead before the game against Dundee United. There's then a fortnight before the Rangers game. That's ideal. I don't know if the fortnight is with a few, maybe having been a Scottish Cup weekend in between. I'm not quite sure the reasons, but he's got a full couple of weeks ahead of that. So that would be, you know, two to three weeks of, of real hands-on training ground work for John Kennedy to really say, well, this is what I'd like to do. This is what I'd like to work on. Please, please, please work on corners and set pieces <laughs> against, but we'll see how that goes. So as we start to wrap things up for today, lads, do you have any kind of final thoughts um, just on where we're at and, and you know what we're looking at moving forward? Um, nothing really that's not already been said, Tino. Um, very much at a period of, of limbo. We're, we're waiting on the changes to, to happen. Kind of started with the Mackay appointment and Lennon leaving. So I'll get that, that feeling of inevitability about it. And and now we just wait and see. So in, in the interim, there's still games of football to be won. There's still two games against Rangers to win, which I suppose how they might have fallen, that's that's about all we've got to all we've really got to play for. Mm-hmm. But still, it means something to the support and you just hope that the players have got enough pride uh, in themselves 
never mind in, in the club but in themselves to try and pull a couple of results out. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Sankey, any parting thoughts? Uh, pretty much the same as Miff. I mean, I'd like to see something like the ball rolling with the transitional period to be getting... I know there's lots of speculation in terms of managers, but I'd like to, I'd like to see something. I mean, you mentioned Domikai starting in July. I mean, for me, it's we're now into March tomorrow. I'd like to see someone get, getting a bit of hope and a bit of purpose. That's that's what the fans need. We need, mm. we need to start looking forward. I mean, it's, as I said, it's been, a, it's been a tough season, but for me, we need to start looking forward and making sure, I mean, bringing the right person in, as I mentioned earlier on, is so critical. There, and you know something, there is a lot of it what we played, but there's no rush to bring in to, to get someone in as right there's no, no there's no knee jerk reaction we took our time sacking Lennon then we took five months doing that so for me I mean the right person will be out there and if we need to wait on at the end of the season then that's, that's a fair show just make sure you get it right you know, just make sure you get it right when's the season ticket deadline May May yeah they'll be out kind of soon I think yeah. in the next four weeks you'll start to see those I, I would through. imagine they'll, they'll make an announcement you know they're, they're quite good with, with that sort of thing that'll be <laughs> that'll be a big Pete's heart and gift yeah. that'll just a <laughs> Just a wee yeah. announcement just Time, the season. Timing is everything, so we'll see how those uh, those big decisions come in the next few weeks. So whatever way you look at it, Neil Lennon's departure signals the end of an era at Celtic and all eyes now turn to the strongly rumoured modernisation of the football department. There's a number of key roles to be filled as part of that rebuild and either way, we should now see new personnel in the boardroom as well as new coaches and players in the first team dressing room in time for the start of next season. It's a pivotal time for the club but one which brings real reasons for optimism and we'll be here to cover all the key moments as and when they happen. My thanks as always to Miff and to Sinke for his debut on today's episode of the Celtic Exchange and finally our thanks to you for listening. Remember, you can now hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts or wherever you listen by searching for the Celtic Exchange. We'll see you again next week. Podcast Network.